Thank you so much, worship team. You guys brought the anointing, and uh, it just was awesome. We found ourselves caught up in the presence of the Lord, and it was wonderful. Amen. Hey, listen, before I get started, let's all uh, pray right now. Thank God our pastors, Pastor Matt and Pastor Stacy, are able to get away for a few days and, and relax. Let's pray blessing and protection over them right now. Just uh, stretch forth your hand. Father God, we thank you for Pastor Matt and Pastor Stacy. What an awesome job they do. Their dedication to their sheep, Lord, day after day caring for us. God, we pray blessing and protection over them in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Give them great grace if I go past my time to forgive me. I want you to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. I have way more to say than I have time. So I'm going to ask that God would be uh, the divine and supreme editor. He would strike what he needs to strike, add what he needs to add, so that you and I can go away from here edified and challenged. Here's a situation, Matthew 16, 21, where... Um, uh, Jesus begins to predict his death, and uh, you all know this familiar story, uh, and he says he's going to be killed, but on the third day he'd be raised from the dead. Verse 22, but Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him. Can you imagine reprimanding the Lord Jesus for saying such things? Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and he said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap for me. Another translation says, tempting me to sin. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view. I think there's two aspects to this scripture. Number one, Jesus is talking directly to Satan when he says, get thee behind me, Satan. And then number two, Jesus goes, Jesus uh, is speaking to Peter now. You're seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Of course, Jesus would not be instructing the devil, but he's, he's discipling Peter. Now, this is important. Be careful uh, that you catch this. We process things through our senses, through our ear gate, through our eye gate. The uh, these, what we see through, uh, and what we hear influence our thought process, and as we think, we act. And so Peter is processing uh, what he's hearing, and, and, and emotionally, um, he's processing this stuff, and he's saying, not so, Lord, this will never happen. Jesus knows where this is coming from. It's an attempt on Satan's part to keep Jesus from going to the cross. No cross, no sacrifice, no salvation. So Jesus lays it out directly. Let me ask you really quickly, what, which gift do you think was in operation to uncover Satan's plot? The gift of the discerning of spirits. Jesus operating under, under the full anointing of the Holy Spirit, that gift goes into operation, or in, in Jesus' case, was always in operation. Uh, and, and the gift of the, of, the dis, of the discerning of spirits is the supernatural ability to know which spirit is operating, good or evil, its motive and its intent. So what, was, what looked to be on the surface really wasn't. And the gift of the discerning of spirits brought it forward. We all good with that? 
Just quickly, Ananias and Sapphira in, in Acts chapter 5, verse 1, they sold a piece of property. They're going to bring the proceeds uh, to the apostles. They could have done anything they wanted with what they sold. They could have given as much as they wanted or as little as they wanted, but what they did is they lied. They wanted to look good. They wanted everybody to think, man, you sold all that you had and you gave it. They wanted to look good in the eyes of man. And so what had happened, Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not sell, sell as you wish. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. So another question, which gift do you think was in operation to uncover this? I think, I, I think, I believe it was the word of knowledge. It was a tiny portion of God's total knowledge, supernaturally imparted by the Holy Spirit, which only God can operate. Of course, that mixed with the discernment of spirit. Peter knew what was behind Ananias' actions. Why has Satan filled you? And then the word of knowledge. No one knew this. Only the husband and wife knew this. But you see, what appeared on the surface really wasn't. And only the discerning of spirits and the gift of the word of knowledge uncovered this false pretense. There are many more examples in the Bible of, the Holy, uh, of God's Holy Spirit's gifts shining His light on what is hidden. Remember Jesus uh, with the woman at the well, revealing that she had five husbands, in fact, the fortune-telling woman that followed Paul to the place of prayer, who had a spirit of a divination. Paul saw that, cast it out. Here's my point. Here's my point. Get this. I think we can all agree that many times there's more to a situation, circumstance, or an event that meets the eye. Do we all agree on that? Sometimes what we see operating in the natural isn't just what we see. There's more to it than what we see. And we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, operating in the gifts of the Spirit. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14, let me throw this into, uh, at you. It's not going to be up on the screens, but solid food. Here's the Passion Translation. Thank you again, Linda, for giving us that Bible. But solid food or teaching is for the mature whose spiritual senses perceive heavenly matters. They've been adequately trained by what they've experienced through practice, the Amplified says, to emerge with understanding of the difference between what is truly excellent and what is evil and harmful. Mature Christians have their senses trained, not their five physical senses, but their spiritual senses trained to be able to discern between good and evil. Have you ever had your discernment meter go off and you're like, mm -mm -mm, this isn't good, something's not right here? Has that ever happened to you? That's the Holy Spirit saying, that's not right. Now, on the, on the surface, everything looks good. But inside, you're saying, this is not right. This is not right. I think that's what happened with, with, with Paul when he went to the place of prayer. It says, after many days, he was annoyed. This woman kept saying, these men are servants of the Most High God. 
Paul's like, ooh, that doesn't sound right. I mean, we are, but that doesn't sound right. Until finally, he cast that spirit of divination out, and the woman could no longer foretell the future. So several days ago, I started to reflect on some of the major things that we're facing today. Just let me highlight it fast because I need to move here. The elephant in the room, COVID-19, global pandemic. Government and state-imposed uh, sanctions, social distancing, wearing masks, near lunacy and hysteria, and out, irrational outbursts, oftentimes violent over someone wearing or not wearing a mask, school closures, death to a once vibrant economy, small business closures, flat-out anarchy in our streets, complete breakdown of civility, respect, law, and order, social shaming like never before, in essence, a, a, a flat-out assault to tar and feather anyone that has a different opinion than the narrative that we're told to believe. They're de destroying our president, his, his opinions, for the first time ever in history, censorship, even up to the presidential level, YouTube, I'll probably take this down, go ahead, YouTube, Facebook, uh, Twitter, you don't say what we like and for the good of everyone, we censor you. That's never happened before. Let me just ask you to do this. Why don't you censor pornography? How about censoring that? Yeah. You think something's going to harm someone? Censor pornography. Take that right off of the internet. Constant, never-ending conflict, name-calling, character assassination, demonizing our president, our country, our police, even by past presidents, the liberal press, social distance, dissidents. Let me ask you this. Do you really think, operative word being think, and some of us are a little bit uh, uh, not exercised in that area because we're told what to think, but do you really think Critical thinking, with critical thinking, the definition of critical thinking is the objective analysis and evaluation of an issue in order to form a judgment. You're to do that. You and I are to think critically, objectively, evaluate an issue in order to form a judgment in addition to spiritual discernment. God, what do you say about this? God, what is going on? God, uncover what's going on. God, what's behind this? So I want to ask you again. Do you really think this meteoric decline in a matter of months is all about COVID-19? No. I don't. And many, many, many people that I speak to don't believe that either. And since you're all wondering what I think, I'll tell you what I'm thinking. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. From the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and violent people are attacking it. There's a flat-out assault on the kingdom of God right now. Flat-out assault on the kingdom of God. Violent men seize it by force, the Amplified Version says. If they're censoring what's going on now in terms of 
uh, of if it doesn't comply with the World Health Organization, the National Health Institute, if they're censoring that. I've had friends that have been censored by posting things about the Lord Jesus. And they said, what happened here? This got taken off the Facebook page. Can you imagine if the Lord Jesus was living today? And he talked to that woman who was bound by Satan, the daughter of Abraham, bound by Satan. And he said, come out in the name of Jesus. And from that point uh, forward, she straightened up and she would heal. They'd, they'd say, nope, his, his standards don't conform to the, to the present scientific standards. There's no scientific evidence that someone can be uh, healed by the name of Jesus. So we're censoring that video of, of this person getting healed. You think I'm kidding you. It's happening already, church. And what's next is censorship of Christians. It's happening now. James chapter 3, 14 through 16. The Bible says that wisdom from above is always pure, filled with peace, considerate, and teachable. Considerate and teachable. It's filled with love and never displays prejudice and hypocrisy in any form. It says it's open, it's open, it's open to, to, to wisdom, it's open to debate, it's open. There's, there's nothing open now. This is the way it's done, and it's not done any other way. And if, and if you think it's done any other way, you're censored. Perfect example, the frontline doctors that said, look, we treat patients every day with this drug, we're getting these results, boom, censored. Censored. Pay attention. Critical thinking. Start to think what's going on behind the scenes. What's going on behind the scenes? What's happening? I'm taking a real risk here, but I want to take a risk. I want us to wake up, and I'm going to propose that we do something that's going to make a big difference. Psalm 1. 33, verses 1 through 3, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. The church has never been more fragmented. It's never been more dis... Uh, it's never found itself in more disunity. Christians rising up against Christians. Christians fighting Christians. All in the name of, uh, of uh, well, you know, we, we need to do this and we need to do this and we need to be a good witness and we need to be a good witness. I'm all for being a good witness. And I'm all for complying as much as I can comply. When you start coming against the kingdom of God, now you're pushing my button. I gave my life to Christ in 1973, and I didn't live for Jesus this long to see everything go down. I got news for you. The Bible says the gates of hell will not defeat the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. It will not. Never can, never will. Jesus Christ is coming back from a, for a victorious church, not a beat-up, hiding-under-the-rock under the church. Jesus is coming back for a victorious church. That means it's incumbent upon you and I to walk in victory every day. We've got to walk in victory. The Bible says, resist the devil and he'll flee. If something is devilish, I'm going to resist it. Church, we've got to wake up. This is no time to be compromising in your Christian walk. This is no time to be lukewarm. This is no time to be complacent. This is not the time to do that. 
This is the time to be white hot on fire seeking God. Prayer and fasting flat out. Cutting out your schedule, whatever you need to cut out. And getting on your knees and seeking the face of God. If you're lukewarm right now, you're going down. We've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we've got to be God's weapons of destruction. I'm telling you. The kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and now violent people are taking it by force. We're trying to be censored. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ is trying to be censored. Never going to happen. You push the church down in China, it grows all the more. You push the church down into an underground situation in Iran, it grows all the more. It's got to happen in America now. It's got to happen in America. We've grown spiritually lazy and lackadaisical. This can no longer happen. I believe when you see through the lens of spiritual discernment, there's an evil war being waged right now. Go beyond what you see on the surface. There is an evil war being waged right now. It's good versus evil. It's light versus darkness. It's life versus death. There's a societal shift to destroy capitalism and usher in socialism. There's a heinous strategy to strip us of our constitutional rights to enjoy the peaceful pursuit of life, liberty, and freedom. We've got to wake up, church, because it's happening right under our noses. We've got an election coming up. We're not voting a personality in. We're not voting for someone whose personality we like. There are times when God put kings in and they, were, they, were, they made Trump look like uh, he, he was uh, uh, Mr. Rogers. Some of, the, some of the kings that God put in, some of the kings that God used to accomplish his purposes. We're not voting in a personality. We're voting in uh, someone who stands for life. Come on. Not one president before him walked perfectly. Every president had their flaws because we are flawed. But when that man stands up and he says, I'm going to do everything I can do to repeal Roe versus Wade. I'm going to do everything that I can do to put the right judges in. I'm going to do everything that I can do uh, to make sure that, that abortions are going to go down. Over 66 million babies have been murdered since 1973. Over 66 million. And over 22 million of those have been black babies. In 1960... The census for African-Americans in the United States were 18 million uh, African-Americans in the United States. Abortion has successfully wiped out the entire population of African-Americans in 1960. Planned Parenthood was started by someone who hated African-Americans. Hated African-Americans. Critical thinking, church. It goes much deeper than what we're seeing. Much deeper than what we're seeing. 
We've got to rise up and take our place now. Oh, you remember 20 years ago? We used to watch uh, the, that None, None Left Behind series, you know? Uh, uh, Tim LaHaye, uh, Left Behind series. It's like, yes, yes, God, we're ready. Okay, well, we're here now. Are you ready? <laughs> we're living in those days. How do you like that? Are you ready? Because we're here, whether you like it or not. We're here. We're here. We're here. This is too big. This is too big. This is too big for us. But there's an answer for something when it's too big. I just can scratch the surface here. There's an answer for something when it's too big. I'm not telling you how to vote. I'm, telling, I'm not telling you who to vote for. I'm just telling you when you cast your vote, are you casting your vote for life or death, for good or for evil? What are you casting your vote for? Your vote counts. Second Chronicles chapter 20. I said all that to go here. What a miracle that I'm even here at this point. Second Chronicles chapter 20. This is a big portion of scripture. I'm not going to read it all, but you're familiar with this. After this, the Moabites and the Ammonites with some of the Menuhites came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and they told Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom. That's like somebody running and saying, look, right now it was 15 miles away. When it was reported they were 15 miles away, that's like someone saying, look, they're coming up Route 7. They're in Schenectady right now. And you know what, Pastor Tom, they're coming to kill you, kill your church, kill every man, kill every woman, kill your animals, kill your pets. They're going to completely wipe you out. This is real. This really happened. They're 15 miles away, and if they're in a flat-out march and they're going for the gold, what, they can do 20 to 30 minutes a mile? I mean, so in a matter of hours, they're, gonna come, they're here. You're dead in a matter of hours. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, look, I spent a lot of time reading this. We could read this whole situation. We can read this whole chapter in, in a matter of minutes. These people were living this. You got to dig deeper. So I started reading the chapters before that. Did you know that Jehoshaphat had 1,180,000 men at his command? 1,180,000 men at his command. And he hears that a great multitude is coming against him. I mean, even if they were matched man for man, you'd think, well, you know, we got a 50-50 chance of winning here. So then I'm thinking, wait a minute. Well, what? Were there 2 million, 3 million people coming? It doesn't tell us. you got to go deeper than that. I believe chapter 19, 2 Chronicles 19, reveals why Jehoshaphat feared. Take a look at this, verse 1. Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, returned safely to his palace in Jerusalem. Now, he formed an unholy alliance with, with a king to go to war. And so by, he narrowly escapes getting killed himself. And then he returns back to his palace in Jerusalem... And Jehu, the son of Hanai, the seer or the prophet, went out to meet him. And he said to King Jehoshaphat, should you help the ungodly and love those who hate the Lord? And in doing so, bring wrath from the Lord upon yourself. But there are some good things found in you. You've removed the Asherah, the idols from the land. You've set up your heart to seek God with all of your soul's desire. So Jehoshaphat lived in Jerusalem and he went out among them, uh, instructing them in the way of the Lord. So, so. I don't know how much time elapsed from there to here, but one thing's going on in the back of Jehoshaphat's mind. 
the prophet said, what you've done has brought wrath on yourself. And so he's thinking, he's thinking now, he's thinking, oh my gosh, is this the manifestation of the prophetic word? Is this great multitude coming against me? Is this the wrath that was prophesied? And so I believe that he feared not because of the multitude, but he feared because is this the wrath that was prophesied? Back up just one more step. Every action has a consequence. He made an unholy alliance, and therefore the prophet said, you're bringing wrath upon yourself. What you do has a consequence. Time to cut out secret sin, church. Time to cut out anything that strips your confidence that God's going to come through for you. It's time to stop living compromised. Stop, time to stop living complacent. It's time to stop living lukewarm. It's time to hate what's evil and hold fast to what's good. It's time to live like Jesus. This shook Jehoshaphat's confidence. But thank God he was a man that sought after the Lord. There's a time when you sin, you've got to name it, you've got to claim it, you've got to rebound. Lord, I did this. I'm sorry, I was wrong, please forgive me, and then you move on. You move on in Christ. He'll never stop loving us. He'll never stop loving us. He'll ne all, every sin that I ever committed when I got saved has been forgiven. He'll always forgive me. He's faithful and just, and he'll forgive me of my sins. There's nothing that can separate me from the love of God. God will always love me. God is for me. He's not against me. But the enemy uses what you and I do against us to strip our confidence that God's going to come through for you. God's coming through for you. God's coming through for you. God's coming through for you. But you can't take liberty and use it as a license to sin. We've got a, David said, I'm not going to set my eyes on anything unholy. The internet opens up uh, stuff to us that only we know and no one else knows. And we can look as good as, as Ananias looked. But God knows what we've done. Stop living compromised. I'm saying that to you and three times to me. No lukewarmness. No compromise. This is not the time to get out of shape. More than ever now, we've got to be in the best spiritual shape ever. Husbands, you're the head of your house. Don't trust your wife to be the strong one. Thank God if you've got a strong wife. I'm not, Lynn can testify, I'm not sexist in any way, shape, or form. But I've got a responsibility to, as the head of my house to be strong. Oh, there'll be times I'll say, Lynn, please pray. And Lynn will bring a word to me and she'll bring correction to me. And she'll bring direction to me. You find a wife, you find a good thing. I've got favor from the Lord because I've got a godly wife. But I can't sit back and say, okay, Lynn, you, you do the Bible study. Lynn, you read the word. We do it together. We pray together. A leader takes initiative. Men be men. Men be godly. Men rise up and take the lead for God's sakes. Enough ranting there. Can I, can I hear the women say amen? Amen. There you go. Thank you, men. Anyway, so Jehoshaphat says this. And this is, I kind of live this way <laughs> because the older I get, the less I know. Okay, I kind of live this way. Verse 12, though we don't know what to do, our eyes are upon you. 
Jehoshaphat had enough sense to gather the people together and say, look, we're going to fast and pray and seek the Lord and find out what to do because guess what? If they kill me, they're killing you. So we're all in this together, though I don't know what to do. My eyes are on you. And they set themselves to seek the Lord. They set themselves to seek the Lord. They began to seek the Lord. They began to travail. They, they didn't talk about, oh, God, please heal Aunt Nellie's toe. They began to pray. They began to seek the Lord. But I love the way Jehoshaphat prayed. I love the way he prayed. This man knew how to pray. He didn't pray the problem. He prayed the solution. If you're going to pray, pray right. Jehoshaphat stood up and he said, Lord, the God of our ancestors, aren't you God who is in heaven? You rule over all the nations. God's not forgetful. He knew that. But this leader was telling the people, whoa, 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 people, nothing to fear here now. He's the God of heaven. And he rules over all the nations, including those people that are coming against us. You rule over all the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. There's not a, that's not a prayer of unbelief. That's a prayer of faith. You rule over all the land. Power and might are in your hand. No one can withstand you. God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it, to, and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They've lived in it. They've built a sanctuary here for your name. Saying if calamity comes upon us, whether the sword or judgment or plague... Or plague, or COVID 19. Now, listen, and don't anybody think for one minute that, that I'm poo pooing this thing. It's real. COVID 19 is real. It's really can be contagious. It really can kill you. Look at the statistics. It's real. It's contagious. It really can kill you. It's real. And so there are precautions that we need to take. We, need, we don't need to be foolish. We should take uh, necessary precautions. Critical thinking, you decide. Critical thinking, yes, we should take necessary precautions. But, but Jehoshaphat is saying, look, if plague comes upon us, you're going to deliver us. You're going to deliver us. There's a cure for COVID-19. There already is a cure for COVID-19. Here it is. It's the Word. Now, I'm not telling you, don't anybody misunderstand me. I'm not telling you not to get help. I'm telling you that Jehoshaphat didn't trust in his weapons of war. 1,180,000 people. He trusted in his God. I'm not telling you don't get treated. I'm not telling you don't get tested. I'm not telling you any foolish thing like that. I'm telling you build your spiritual immunity by filling yourself full of the word of God. Come on. Build your spiritual immunity by filling yourself with the Word of God and build your natural immunity 
to the best of your ability. Cut out eating junk, get rid of sugar, get the right amount of sleep, exercise properly, fill your system with what you need to fill your system with to fight this thing in the natural. Do what you can do. Wow. You should be throwing $20 bills up here. Our God, <laughs> you'd be paying more than that to Pastor Ron. <laughs> this is free, church. He did pray for me. He imparted that to me when he was praying for me this morning. So there's a commercial for you, Dr. Ron Deverno. Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? If calamity comes upon us, if the plague, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name, and we're going to cry out to you in our distress, and you'll hear us, and you'll save us or deliver us. Prayer delivers you. Prayer delivers you. You're full of fear? Prayer delivers you. You're full of unbelief? Prayer will deliver you. You're full of sickness. Prayer delivered that, that, <laughs> that uh, what do you call that? That thing right out of you, George. That uh, pacemaker. pacemaker. <laughs> delivered that right out of George. Listen, God can and will do what he says he will do in his timing. He'll do it. Some of us are standing in faith, not wavering, still waiting for the promise to manifest. But in God's mind, it's done. It's finished. It's done. And we've got to fight the good fight of faith and resist the devil until he flees. So, now they get a very unconventional download here. Put the worshipers out front. Put the worshipers out front. And, 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 and have them start to sing and have them start to pray. And then it says, the Lord set ambushments against the men of Ammon and Moab. And they started to turn upon them, uh, on themselves and they started to destroy one another. So the message this morning is entitled, This Day We Fight. And the fighting that I'm advocating is prayer. Prayer like we've never prayed before. I think it's in chapter 17 or 18. The commanders in Jehoshaphat's armies are listed commanders of thousands and more. God gave us a commander in prayer, Sister Linda. She could be anywhere. She's been here commanding prayer for years. We need to ramp that up. We need to support her. We need to get behind her. We need to get behind her. We need to get behind who God's raised up to pray and to lead. We need to pray, and we need to pray like never before. If you don't come to the Wednesday prayer meeting... If you can, you pray during that hour. There's no time. There's no distance in the spirit. You can pray at 11 o'clock at night. Just say, we're going to join in this prayer offensive, and, and we're going to pray. There's round-the-clock prayer going on right now. There are millions of people praying right now. Millions of Americans are praying right now. The Bible talks about in Psalm 133, the commanded blessing when we dwell in unity. Never before has there been such disunity among Christians. And the enemy knows that. Get them divided, get them to turn on one another, and nothing is going to happen. They're going to crumble. Listen, you and I need to keep our opinions to ourselves. I'm not telling you what my opinion is on anything here. I didn't give you my opinion. I didn't tell you I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I don't believe this, I don't believe that. 
I'm not telling you that. I'm telling you what the Word says. We need to keep our opinions to ourselves a lot of times, and we need to just pray. We need to pray. We need to pray. We need to overlook offenses. We need to grow a little bit of thick skin. We need to give people a little bit of room. We need to just let offenses go. We need to walk in love more than ever. Walk in love more than ever. And we need to say, look, brother, you're, you're welcome to your own opinion. I got that. Okay, you know, turn the other cheek. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. We need the commanded blessing right now. We need God to command His blessing on America and on the world right now. We need the blessing of God more than ever. And so I'm advocating that what we need to do and what we should do is ramp up prayer like never before. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3 says that we walk, uh, for though we walk in the flesh or live on this earth, we don't war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, humanly, fleshly, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. There are strongholds that, that have been erected so rapidly in the last four, five, or six months. Listen, possession is nine-tenths of the law. If I've got something valuable, I've got it. If a strong man comes and, and, and takes it from me, it's that much harder for me to get it back. You lose one freedom, you lose two freedoms, you lose three freedoms, you lose four freedoms. Roe versus Wade happened in 1973. Over 66 million babies have been slaughtered, and we can't get it back yet. We can't get it back yet. We're losing our freedoms, church. This isn't hysteria. I'm not talking about hysteria. We're told what to think, what to do, how to act, where to go. Some of you are business owners. You can't open your business. Some of you kids couldn't graduate. You could stand in line in Walmart, but you can't stand in a graduation line. Am I getting political here? No. I'm not being political. It's critical thinking. People are waking up. They're saying, wait a minute. You know when you read the newspaper, what's it called? The United Press. Someone's writing the narrative because everybody's reporting the same thing. Jesus said, be careful what you hear. Be careful how you hear things. People have exchanged the pulpit for the newscaster. You're spending more time listening to the news than, than, than listening to the Word of God. We've made newscasters our pastors. Well, so-and-so said this, and so-and-so said that. Yeah, and so did 100,000 100, other newscasters say the exact same thing. You know that, right? That's, not a, that, that's truth. Someone's writing a narrative, and we need to be careful what we listen to and how we listen to it, because as you think, you act. As you think, you act. As you think, you act. And that's why I want to I wanna have the mind of Christ and think like Jesus thinks so that I'll act like Jesus acts. We need to ramp up prayer like never before. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
I'm not talking about, uh, okay, honey, let's, um, we got three minutes before our favorite show comes on. Let's pray. And then watch five hours of TV. I could be guilty of that. No, I'm talking about, you know, you could fast watching TV. You could fast doing something. You can say, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. God, though we don't know what to do, our eyes are on you. God, you've got to turn this around. Raise up men, raise up women, raise up giant slayers, raise up Davids, God, in this generation. God, raise people up. How about this one? Luke 12, verse 2. The time is coming, Jesus said, when everything that is hidden will be revealed and all that is secret will be made known to all. Whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light and what you have whispered behind closed doors will be shouted from the housetops for all to hear. That's how I'm praying. I'm praying, God, there are men and women who are designing evil agendas. I pray, God, that whatever, that whatever is hidden will be revealed. God, I'm praying that whatever they're doing in secret, you're going to be made to known. God, I'm praying whatever they say in the darkness is going to be heard in the light. God, I'm praying whatever they whisper and plot and plan to destroy us is going to be shouted from the rooftops. God, I'm praying that you're going to, you're going to do for them. They're going to turn on one another and they're going to destroy one another. Someone goes, oh, pastor, shouldn't you be praying for their salvation? Yeah, amen. God, if they're going to bow their knee, then save them. But if they're not going to bow their knee, get them out of here. Does that stumble you? I can tell you, I know some men in here. I know some men in here that I have full confidence in. If some thief came into your house, you wouldn't be, without hesitation, you would come at them with everything in your power and then some. Well, well, hold on a second here. But I'm talking about some men. I don't, th I, I don't think these guys would say, uh, honey, would you hit them? Now, I know Pastor Stacy's got a black belt. So, I mean, maybe Pastor Matt can relax a little bit. But uh, uh, for the most part, men and women... You're, you're not going to let a thief rob you, harm you, rape your daughters, rape your wife. But that's what we've been letting the enemy do to us by being prayerless and lukewarm and complacent. His agenda has been exposed years ago by the Lord Jesus Christ. Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy, and he's not stopped. I'm asking you to join with me and to join with Linda and to join with people around the world who are praying 24-7. Cindy Jacobs has, has garnered a national prayer force that is praying around the clock. Around, do you know what the name of that is, Linda? Generals of Intercession, they're praying 24-7 around the clock that God would destroy and demolish these strongholds. Church, let me leave you with this, Matthew 18, 19, and 20. Again, I say to you that if two uh, believers on earth agree that is are of one mind in harmony about anything they ask within the will of God, it will be done uh, for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, meeting together as my followers, I am there in their midst. Grab your wife. Honey, let's pray. Jesus is in the midst of you.
Let's believe God. Let's don't talk the problem. They're going to do this. Did you hear they're going to do that? Stop that. Jehoshaphat, you didn't hear Jehoshaphat say that. He said, God, all power is in your might. God, they're threatening to take away our freedoms, our constitutional rights that you gave us, the right to assemble and to worship when and where we want, to say what the Word says when and where we want. They're restricting our access to this and to that under the guise, I get it, to make ourselves safe and to make ourselves healthy. I get that. It's okay for the rioters to assemble. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Don't, Tom, don't go there. Don't go there. Pastor Matt, I understand. Listen, I got to tell you this. What I'm saying may not represent the views of Pastor Matt and Stacy. Don't get mad at him for me. Even our elder team, I may represent views that our elder team... Don't get mad at them for me. What I say, I'm saying, don't take it out on Pastor Matt and Stacy. Don't take it out on them. They took a great risk by asking me to, to preach. I'm not sending you a mixed message here. I'm saying critical thinking, church. Get on your knees, gifts of the Spirit, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, Gifts of discernment. God, what's going on behind the scenes? And then pray. 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 I'm going to wear my mask when I go in the store. I'm, I'm going to do that. I go into the store. I wear my mask. I'm a good citizen. I comply. Think what's going on behind the scenes. And for God's sakes, can I shake you? Can I challenge you? As I've challenged myself all week, as I've laid and humbled myself before the Lord and said, God, before I can bring this message, you, I'm repenting. I'm repenting, otherwise I'm a hypocrite. God, I've got to repent for being lukewarm and complacent. I've got to Repent. Forgive me, Father, for not praying as I should to the degree that I should. See, now I got that right. I'm not making you think I'm something that I'm not. It's a challenge for me. But we're going to do it, and we're going to do it together. We're going to do it together. We're going to pray and we're going to seek the face of God together and together we're going to see strongholds come down. Together we're going to see God's man in office. Together we're going to see Roe versus Wade repealed. Together we're going to see civility and morality uh, uh, restored. Together we're, going to, we're not going to defund the police. Together we're going to appreciate the police. While there are reforms that are necessary, we're not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. We're going to embrace our African-American or our black brothers more than ever. Listen. We do what we have to do to make it better. So let's pray right now. And then we're going to have communion. Uh, if you wouldn't mind handing me that, please. Let's pray. I'd have an altar call, but there's not enough room in here to... Social distance yourself. So stay where you're at right now and let's have an altar call in your chairs. Amen.
See how compliant I am? Father God, would you guys do something, please? Would you, would you de decide and determine to pray? If you need to repent, this is the time to repent right now because we're going to have communion in a moment. If you've been lukewarm, if you've been complacent, if you've cooled your jets off, if you've been backslidden, if you've been carnal, everything that I've been, then ask God to forgive you right now. Father, you said if your people would humble themselves and pray and seek your face, you would hear us from heaven and you would heal our land. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, forgive us. Father God, Fill us with a righteous indignation. Anoint us to pray. Anoint us to pray prophetically. Anoint us to pray boldly. Anoint us to pray with faith. Anoint us to pray, Father. Anoint us to pray. Anoint us to seek the face of God. Anoint us, Father, to tear down strongholds. God, though we don't know what to do, our eyes are upon you. Raise up prophets in our midst. Raise up men and women with strategy from heaven. Sons of Issachar. God, that will say, this is what we need to do. And God, let the church be the church that you see the church to be, where the gates of hell can't prevail against it. A strong church, a united church, a powerful church, a spirit-filled church. Oh, God, have your way in our lives. 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 I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now we can...